Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, I mean, yeah. no, no, don't, no, 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 no. Actually, you know what? This is apropos to say, based on this movie, don't come on me. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> this, <laughs> let, let me tell you something. Maze, uh, I'm glad you sent that spreadsheet earlier because I looked through it and it, it allowed me to have a walk down memory lane of some of the things that you've selected and you've picked some shitty movies, man. But then you went and got fucking showgirls. And totally redeem yourself. Oh my God. This movie. I'm back, baby. Oh, you're so back, man. This I don't is... want to tip my hand, but man, let me tell you something. This is the type of bad movie I can get behind. Absolutely. This, this is one of the most offensive movies I've ever watched. <laughs> ah. Oh, man. You know what's funny? Is I remember when this movie came out, I was in, I was in high school. 
And I remember it was a big to-do because it was the yeah. first MC-17 movie it to come out huge deal. in a long time. And everyone was like, it's so, so controversial. And it's got Elizabeth Berkley in it. And, she, you know, she's known as, like, this child star for the scene by the bell. And she makes this movie. And it's about, like, exotic dancers in Las Vegas. And, like, where's the line between pornography and art? And I, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't see it. But I was like, oh, this movie, man. Like, they really... They really put themselves out there. They took some risks. Yeah. And I watched it last week, and I was just like, you know, Marcus, like, you first, it didn't need to be NC-17. <laughs> they could have made It didn't? The, like, it, it really didn't. It I don't really know, didn't. It, I don't like, know. It, I'm with Paul Verhoeven. You don't make this movie if it's not NC-17. I don't know how it was, like, necessary to the story, though. What story? What story? <laughs> what are you talking about? You didn't recognize All About Eve, Zach? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Where, I mean, what? <laughs> I honestly, I do absolutely want to do this episode. I'm willing to go back and redo the Hot Rod episode and give it a favorable wow score and and be very you know loving about it and say it's so funny and all if it makes maze <laughs> stop with the revenge tour that's what i'm willing to do because i gotta say i gotta say this fucking movie i mean it's offensive i was thoroughly entertained by thoroughly by what by everything <laughs> by everything Cinematically, I was entertained so thoroughly by all of them. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were I offended? Was a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. it absolutely, I was absolutely offended. Shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all over. <laughs> Whatever. I, this is the podcast. We break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love unless you're fucking a mean ass. Awesome. I'm Zach Harper. Anthony Mays produces the show. This week on Cinephobe, uh, the 1995 sexual coming-of-age story, Showgirls. Showgirls starring Elizabeth Berkley, who at the time was fresh off her cinema debut in Molly, or Molly and Gina, which she's seventh build, I believe. And, of course, the Saved by the Bell wedding in Las Vegas TV movie. Uh, she was a year away from appearing in the first Wives Club and White Wolves uh, by, by 2, way, Legends of the Wild. Not loving your tone right now. Like, no. the, you just dismissed this is a, Berkeley's career. <laughs> like, man. Say by the Bell might be the biggest part of my childhood. Like, I love that show. I went to Say by the Max, the pop-up uh, restaurant in West Hollywood, and was, like, doing all the trivia and stuff. Like, I was... 
all about Saved by the Bell. I love Jesse Spano. I love, you know, I'm so excited. Caffeine pills, all that shit. This ruined her. And justifiably so. She should she got, be ruined after this. She got in the first Wives Club after that. That was a pretty good movie. Also starring Kyle McLaughlin, who you may know from the original Twin Peaks. Uh, and he'd he also had just, he had just been in the Flintstones movie. Oh, yes, that's right. He, yes, he plays a bad guy in that movie too, right? Uh, yeah, I think he's the main bad guy, right? Yeah. He's the one that him and Halle Berry are like hooking up. Right. The Flintstones, yeah. yeah. And then also, I mean, one of my favorites, Gina Gershon, oh. who I thought for a long time. Oh, wow. Uh, she was coming off of uh, Best of the Best 3, No Turning Back, and was about to star in another sexual thriller, Bound. If you remember Bound. Um, you may also recognize Glenn Plummer. He was in Menace to Society. He's the Jaguar owner in Speed when they're speed when they speed up to the bus and uh, is, and Keanu is, jumps on is, there. Glenn Plummer, the black guy, is he yeah. James? Yeah, yeah. So so I recognized him as the dude, the frat brother in the episode of Fresh Prince where Will and Carlton. Oh yeah, pledge. he's yes. the frat brother that says that Carlton isn't black enough. Right, and great Will call. gets mad and says. Well, come on, let's go. And, and the Carlton were dancing ever so ridiculously. <laughs> and <laughs> they're having fun, yeah. <laughs> not only was he in Speed, uh, he's also in Speed 2, Cruise Control. He made the second nice. one. He's the only one? Is he the only one? He and Sandy Bullock. Oh, Sandy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, you might remember uh, Robert Davi, Davey, uh, who you'd recognize as uh, one of the FBI agents in Die Hard. Oh. He's got the scarred face. Yeah, he's got the scarred face. Who he plays he? Who? Al Torres. He plays the strip club guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, he's you, also in I, The Goonies and Predator 2. Yes, he's one of the brothers. He's uh, uh, Joey Pantaleono's brother yeah. in The Goonies. Yeah, yep. I knew it. I looked at, you know what's funny? Here's a weird thing. I looked at him and I said, is that Josh Brolin? But then I'm like, no, like for oh, 1994, yeah. that's too old to be Josh Brolin. Right. But I'm like, it kind of looks like him. Fuck, I was doing a, a, like a, in, like a subconscious connection between him and because he was also in the goonies right which, so, still, tri- still trips me out by the way that josh Brolin is the older brother in the goonies Didn't yeah, know that. That, that is weird the assistant to the producer of the yes patrick bristow i don't know his name all i know is he's the dude in curb your enthusiasm that larry calls a cunt when they're playing poker yep. Yeah, <laughs> I looked at him like, "Oh, it's the dude!" And then before he says something, it's like, "I wonder if he's going to play a gay character." And then he opens his mouth like, "Ah, I'm going to play a gay character." <laughs> Turns out it was a different gay character in Curb Your Enthusiasm. It was the choreographer when Larry was in the producers. You and David are so good together. I'm so happy. Love him. Oh God, love that guy. Your chemistry together is fierce. It is fierce. Absolutely fierce. fierce. Totally it's fierce. So much better than Ben, don't you think? Ben was so bossy. Yeah, you know, he had that kind of entitled attitude. I don't care for it at all. Totally, I know. The movie is written by Joe Esterhaz, who wrote Flashdance, Basic Instinct, Nowhere to Run, which is one of my favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, uh, Sliver, Basic Instinct 2, (laughs) and and Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven. My man has a type, don't he? <laughs> he does. So does Paul Verhoeven, the director, who's infamous for directing RoboCop, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Starship Troopers, and Hollow Man. Hollow Man is also – there's a lot of problematic – this guy. 
not a par- hollow man future future cinephobe entry yeah, oh my god i've seen that movie a lot that's a good 10-year run though from 87 to 97 dude for real like hold on yeah. like, this, name those again like because uh like, robocop total blockbuster recall. blockbuster basic what instinct else? blockbuster starship troopers blockbuster uh hollow man starship troopers is underrated yeah, no, it, was a, it was a good movie. No, it was a really yeah. good movie. Yeah. It's not cinephobe material. It's too high, but it's a good movie. It was legitimately good. It was legitimately yeah. really well received. You know what's not? Starship Star Troopers 2. Oh. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> uh, so the synopsis for Showgirls. Nomi, a young drifter, arrives in Las Vegas to become a dancer and soon sets about clawing and pushing her way to become the top of the Vegas Showgirls. Tagline, the girls are back in town. But, I mean, that's not all. You know what I love about this movie's IMDb page? There are a lot of taglines. What's tag that? Lines. A lot of taglines. There is sex, seduction, and betrayal. Leave your inhibitions at the door. Beyond mm, your wildest dreams. One. Beyond your wildest fantasies. I remember that one. The show is about to begin. Don't remember that one. Sensual. Controversial. <laughs> available. <laughs> The most controversial movie of the year is here. Yes. And the side of Vegas you were never meant to see. The most controversial movie of the year is here does not sound like a tagline. It doesn't, but they have it in like there. You can't, it seems like very self-aware breaking the fourth wall, right? Right. The side of Vegas you don't see. That's, the, no, the side of Vegas you were never meant to see. Okay, so let me, let, me, let, me, let me say this. Let me stop there because one of the interesting things about this movie, Zach, you and I go to Vegas a lot because yeah. of work, right? To, right? For NBA Summer League. But, you know, Vegas underwent a massive transformation, I want to say in the early 2000s, right? Uh, yeah, I would, even, I would even say late 90s, but yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. But basically right after this movie uh, is when Vegas changed. And there was a, a stretch in there was a stretch of time in Vegas where they tried to make it very family-friendly. Yeah. And then they kind of gave up on that and they went back to like, let's just, you know, pool parties and bitches and shit like that, right? Like, so it's kind of back to the same spirit. But Vegas, like in the, from like the 70s to like right around Showgirls, like I always understood it to be like a real seedy place. Yeah. So the tagline kind of confuses me. Like, did they, are they trying to say that like, like it's even worse than we've been portraying. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> this is pre-family friendly Vegas. So what yeah. are they talking about when they say that you were never meant to see, right? Right, because this is also like around the time when uh, Leaving Las Vegas came out. Nick Cage won Academy and, Award Best Actor and, and Casino. Whole, yeah, and and Casino, ca- and the whole the whole thing about uh, Leaving Las Vegas is uh, Nick Cage goes to Vegas. His character goes to Vegas to drink himself to death and just be yeah. gluttonous until yeah. he dies. Um, $45 million budget. What they Bro- spend that on? I, that's a Titties. great question. Not Elizabeth Berkeley. Not Elizabeth Berkeley at all. We'll get to that in a bit. So $45 million budget grossed $20.3 million in the theaters. Don't wow. worry though. But it, it made it back. International? No. VHS. Wow. It said a hundred mil. Wow. No, VHS though. Yeah. But I can see that though. Like it's the type of movie that no one would admit to wanting to go see, but then you buy it and you'd like it basically seems like people were using it as porn, which is strange. A hundred percent. Every like teenage boy was using it as porn. Every teenage boy. Every single one of them. One of the one of the great things that I read <laughs> that is Paul Paul Verhoeven said 
that it's a lot of nudity, but it's not sexual. I could not disagree more. Mm. I could not disagree more. <laughs> mm. So I'll say this before we jump in the movie and before you listen to the rest of this podcast, two things. One, Showgirls is on Stars, so you can stream it on Stars. That's how we watched it. Two, I feel like this disclaimer is it's both serious and necessary. There is a sexual assault rape scene. So if that is going to trigger you in any way, it's towards the end of the podcast. I would just warn you with that. Not that we're going to obviously play it or anything, but we do have to talk about it at some point. This is a hard NC-17. It's a hard NC-17. By the way, and, th- and that's where is, I think it earned its NC-17. And this is why I have co-hosts. Because the angle I'm taking on that scene is completely, <laughs> completely. Well, let's go to the Rotten Tomatoes score before we get even more uncomfortable. Showgirls receives a 22% from critics on 54 reviews and 37% from the audience on over 56,000 ratings. You want the positive or the negative reviews? Give me the positives, man. I, All right. I this is, I, I think these are positive. I mean, they're listed as positive. Anthony Lane of The New Yorker. Berkeley's acting debut is a joy if you can call it acting. She jumps up and down a lot to indicate excitement. She does. That's true. That's, That's very, a positive review. That is a very accurate depiction. All right, what else we got? Richard Corliss of Time Magazine. Showgirls is one of those delirious, hilarious botches that could be taught in film schools as a how not to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's yeah. a positive review. Yeah. Um, Stanley Kaufman of the New Republic Berkeley is good besides her dancing sizzle she does what she can with the mechanically viperous character she was given to play okay that's not an accurate (laughs) that dude that dude dude jerked off that dude clearly jerked off what else you got Guillaume Martinez Oya of Cinematismo about dreams the American dream the ephemeral, the permanent, Las Vegas, everything is possible. Everything. Welcome to the show. That guy's just not from this country. It was translated <laughs> from Spanish. Yeah, like like but I like it. Like I, I it's definitely a movie I could see someone I I do who's, wish who's not from here, like like confusing it with art. Like right, that, and, it, and thinking, oh, this is the American dream. <laughs> uh, I would also uh yeah, I do think there is a very um I like I like that there's a slam poetry aspect to this review. I think I think that's how most of these reviews yeah. should go, was just slam poetry. And then our last positive review, Chris Alexander of Alexander on Film. What Verhoeven and Esther has are doing here is painting a sperm and blood-stained black velvet painting of a festering sore of a world, an empty black hole that sucks in delusional, naive men and women, turning them into meat puppet mulch. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> All right. So the negative reviews. Gene Siskel of Chicago Tribune. Is it sexy? Not when you're laughing. Jason Bailey of Flavorwire. <laughs> the thin, terrible people of Showgirls are equally loathsome. You don't have a rooting interest in Nami or her dream. Mm-hmm. And as a result, Showgirls is 131 minutes of watching trashy, vapid people being terrible to each other. Okay, I can get behind that. That's not wrong there. Jay Boyar of the Orlando Sentinel. One thing I'll say for showgirls, it's educational. But sadly, it isn't much else. Not sure how educational that was. (laughs) I'm not showing it in school, no. Philip Martin of Arkansas Democratic Gazette. 
a bad film, borderline inept, with an anti-erotic toxic charge about it. It deserved all the mean things people said about it. <laughs> nice. Rob Gonzalez of eFilmCritic.com. Even the grossest porn is more cheerfully sexual than this movie. <laughs> what is the grossest porn from 1994? Oh, my God. It's got to be German. Today, yesterday, today, yeah. John J. Puccio of Movie Metropolis. Despite its rampant sexual material, it is not a sexy film. Dang, this thing couldn't get anything right. That makes me think he could not. Yeah, these guys just couldn't perform. (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth Turan of the Los Angeles Times, a film of thunderous oafishness that gives adult subject matter the kind of bad name it does not need or deserve. But he's a porn critic. Oh, is he? I bet. Why not? Oh. Sound like he wanted to jerk it. Yeah, no, it's like you guys give porn a bad name. Um, all right, all right, let's get let's get it. Unless you got one, I got two, I got two two more quick ones. Okay, Alex Sandal of Juicy Cerebellum. I'm in the yeah. so bad it's bad camp on this one. The nudity is nice. Yes, and then <laughs> and then and then the uh, maybe the goat Roger Ebert of uh, of Chicago Sun Times. A waste of a perfectly good NC17 rating. It's okay, so yeah, that's kind of what I felt. I felt like if you're gonna go NC17. Like you, like do something truly bold, like balls. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, just something more than what they did. What they did, it could have commun- been communicated fairly effectively enough. Just pull it back a little, and you would have got your rated R. Right. Unless, unless NC17 was part of. Well, here's the here's the deal. I mean, so they had just made Basic Instinct, and they had battled a lot with the MPAA to get that down to an R. And Verhoeven mm-hmm. was really fed up with that. And so he insisted that this was NC-17 so he wouldn't have to deal with the MPAA again. Wow. He is a hornball. But it's just like, I like how like, I'm, just too, I'm just too lazy to fucking... <laughs> He's like, you know what? If I want to show a bunch of vaginas, I'm going to show a bunch of vaginas. I'm not getting it down to an R. Wasn't even that many vaginas? Yeah, a couple. So real quick, before we jump in, Maze, uh, why? Why did you do this to us? So this is one of the most well-known flops out there. I remember my dad being obsessed with how ridiculously terrible it was back yeah, in the day. I bet he was. He, went, he was so he was so obsessed with how ridiculously terrible it was. He went and they saw it three times. I mean, as a as a gay man, he's not he's not looking at the same things that that you and I are. I mean. <laughs> And I know I watched it a long time ago, but I don't remember. I don't really remember it as, as the way that it turned out this time. I flat out don't remember the last 30 minutes of this movie. And I saw it. I saw it in the 90s. I did not remember the last 30 minutes of this movie. That was all new to me. You saw it in the 90s, Dad? Yeah. I saw it when it came out on VHS. How? One of my friends got it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you like it back then? I liked Elizabeth Berkeley. I like Gina Gershon. I like tits. Like, that's what I liked about it. So I remember like, thinking, like, wow, this is so cool. Like, that's what I, I mean, I was, a, you know, a teenager. So let me ask this, because th- this is, a, this is a, a real question. If this movie were made today, what rating do you think it would get? Jesus, they would never make it. They would never make it. Yeah, I don't know that you could make this movie today. Really? No. I mean, the closest thing we had was the deuce. I mean, maybe before the Me Too 
movement. Maybe even then. But I don't. I don't think it's anti Me Too, though, is it? I well, I don't know that it is, but I think the assumptions on how this movie gets made stop oh, yes. that from being from happening. Yes, right? absolutely. Like the, yeah. the motivations behind the people making it, right? Right, exactly. Very, very anti Me Too. But I think <laughs> I think the movie itself is one of is, empowerment. And, is it? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's a take. <laughs> Well, let's get into it. All right. We start off. I don't even know how you say her name. Naomi, Naomi. Malone. Naomi like Naomi. Is yeah. 342 miles outside of Las Vegas with a suitcase and a leather jacket hitchhiking away to Sin City. A blue truck dramatically pulls over. And I can only describe this driver as if Billy Ray Silas, Billy Ray Cyrus was a Halloween costume, but not as a joke. Uh, this is how how central casting the casting director casts his part. They basically put out an ad in the paper asking for biggest creep. We need guys. Yeah. Do you just look like a creep? You don't even open your mouth. You don't have to say anything. You just the moment we lay eyes on you, we know you're a fucking creep. They knocked it out the park because this dude, this holy dude shit, is, oof, it's bad. Um, he's going to Vegas too. It's her lucky day. Yep. He says she can sit closer. She pulls out a switchblade. I said, he, what, the f- hey, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, I forgot. What's your first note? Oh my, oh, my first note was creepiest hitchhiker pickup ever. There you go. Yeah, he really slams on the brakes and, and pulls over All the car. Right. Yeah, so uh, that and then when she pulls out the knife, he has this whole very erratic drive. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to drop you off. And like, veers violently off to the side of the road cuts off a truck a truck and i'm just like you're trying to prove a point buddy this is this is this is much like even if like at that point she should have got out (laughs) (laughs) no one's gonna stop her from her dream i mean um so he 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 you know relents on making a move she stabs the radio station with the knife you can sit a little bit closer if you want it was a bad idea. Chill, okay? I'm chill. Sure, I'm glad you're going to be such good company. Jesus, I don't like cars, bro. Me neither. She delivers these lines like it's the like it's her first attempt at a table read. Like, it was like the first time she'd ever read those lines. But also, like, she just had a shitty day. Right. And sat down to the table read. Like, like everything yeah. is, like, very delivered very, I don't want to be here, right? She won't uh, answer his questions about her name and all this stuff. Uh, we find out her name is Italian, and he asks if she's one of those mafia girls. She says she's going to uh, Vegas to dance. I looked it up. 342 miles away from Las Vegas is Provo, Utah. Yeah, it was somewhere in the Rockies because yeah, you can see the mountains. No, there's, there's mountains there's yeah. on the ground. Yeah. So my question was, at first was, is she from Provo? We find out she's not. There's a big sign in the background. As they pull into a parking lot that says "Huge Strawberry Shortcake for a dollar fifty. and I wrote it's a simpler time back then. Oh, those were the days. And by uh, the way, the way he pulled into the parking spot, I said, "Why does he drive like an asshole?" Right? Because it's like a regular parking lot, and he like literally swerves into this spot at top speed. And I'm just, I don't understand why anyone would drive like that at that point. 
Um, he says his uncle will get her a job at the Riviera. That's where they go. I wrote his hair is fucking insane. He looks like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. He does. He's got the guy liner going on. He gives her 10 bucks and says, play the slots. I'm going to go talk to my uncle. She wins a decent amount of coins. She grabs a handful of the coins and starts like tossing them in the air. And I wondered, has anyone ever reacted this way to winning like $27? <laughs> and even if you did... Maybe we win more. Like, who trusts? Why would you do that? Why right. would you need every? Do- you're broke. Right. <laughs> you're broke. Yeah. And I and then I wrote the note. That's 18 huge strawberry shortcakes. Uh, I wrote old Vegas is so weird. And then I asked the question: Has anyone ever won at slots? Have you ever either of you ever won at slots? No. Yeah, I played slots like <laughs> twice, and both times it's like you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose. There's your money. And I'm just like, why do old people keep playing this thing? Because what if you hit? But I've never – but it's like I feel like you, you got to hit at some point to give me some sort of feeling of think. hope. You would one think, the, yeah. One would one think. think. Uh, now she's lost all of her money, and a guy says she can make that money back, and it won't take more than 15 minutes. She walks away, and he yells, sooner or later, you're going to have to sell it. Yeah, that was kind of awkward. But why, why uh, why'd she lose the money again? She's playing slots. It was just like a time lapse. Yeah. Oh, she kept playing. Oh, that's so right. So she wins and then she loses and it's like Vegas, you know? Because some of my notes are not, they don't have very good like annotation. It's just <laughs> my my emotion at that moment. <laughs> right. uh, she realizes that Jeff, that's the, the guy who picked her up. Uh, has taken off with her luggage. She runs to the parking lot. She starts beating on someone's car. That woman who owns the car comes out, stops her. She randomly throws up, which I didn't understand. This scene was amazing. She's banging on the car. The black woman runs up. She swings on her. She just turns and immediately throws hands. Then she throws up, steps into the street. And then she hugs this woman and puts her puke mouth on the other girl's face. Right. And the woman, like, pulls her back out of traffic. She was about to get hit by a car. Yes. Um, she literally runs out into Las Vegas Boulevard ready to end it all right yeah. there because, because he lost her suitcase, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Um, I, in my notes, I put, wait, what's going on with the fighting and throwing up, followed by, are they about to make out? Right. They embrace, I wrote, they, and now they embrace for literally no reason. And we find out Molly is the name of this girl. And she buys her food. She asks where she's from. She says back east. She asks where back east. She throws her fries in the air and says, different places. <laughs> Overreact much was my note. I wrote, Nomi is unstable, guys. <laughs> Molly offers her a place to crash, to which Nomi uh, responds, are you hitting on me? And she says no, and then asks, are you a hooker? <laughs> yep, that's definitely the sort of question you have to ask of you would a hundred percent fast forward six, six weeks later six yeah. weeks later she's doing her nails and i wrote the note she has two god's fingers oh like she when, has sausage fingers yes when she's oh. like she said let me see your nails and do a close-up of her hand i was like that can't be her hand <laughs> no because she's like a tall slender woman she can't yes. have sausage fingers there's no well way. they were very sausagey in that shot right there so they they live in a trailer uh nomi goes to visit molly at her work she's uh she does costuming wardrobe yeah wardrobe yeah for the for the the stripper show but it's uh, not a stripper show oh yeah it's a, a showgirl burle- show dancer burlesque, burlesque yeah burlesque show yes and then i wrote the note we just heard the word snatch like five times in 30 wow times. they seem fond of the word snatch is what i put yeah. in my notes it's so- real it's 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 so noticeable and aggressive yeah 
Wow, man. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. <laughs> we both picked up on it. <laughs> Look at us connecting. This backstage area was super intense and hectic. It actually kind of reminded me of like the locker room in, in Starship Troopers. Oh, that's oh, a good call. Good yeah. Call, yeah. Um, wow. wow. What if your boy, like when he made Starship Troopers, was like, <laughs> I want it to look like the backstage at, at Showgirls? I bet that's what it was. He seems to only have one speed. So I'm sure that it's just, all right, we'll change the venue, but it's going to be the same scene, so, guys. So so she's wearing this dress. Like she's just backstage hanging out with Molly. Yeah. She's watching and all this stuff. And as she's walking up the stairs and wearing a dress, I put the note. Is she? Is she thick? Oh. Does she got a little cake going on back there? Yeah, maybe. And 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 I tell you, it made me change my whole view about Elizabeth Berkeley. I was like, Wow. That's yeah, all it took, huh? Maybe I mean maybe I've just maybe I've misjudged you. That's what I was thinking. Misjudged. <laughs> Jesus Christ. From from her outfit in this scene, like she, she's about to that's do a lot more. But that's that's the moment where I I kind of okay. I kind of I gave her a second look right there. All right. Um, the star of the show is Crystal Connors, played by Gina Gershon. She uh, looks. Uh, I wrote she looks great. Uh, she looks all the awesome. women are are being undressed on stage. It's like a volcano type setting. Uh, Nomi's in the crowd mimicking the dance moves, just standing in front of paying customers. Yes. Um, Learning how it goes. I wrote, she might start masturbating while she watches as she stands in front of people. She plays by her own rules. I used to have the biggest crush on Gina Gershon, man. Still do. Oh, she was just something else. Still is. (laughs) This show is fucking nuts, by the way. It is, man. It's crazy. And yet, not the craziest show they do in this, no. in, I, in this I, whole thing. Yeah, it's the one with the motorcycles. Motorcycles, yeah. <laughs> ah, we'll get to it in a second. Um, we'll so then we get to, after the show, Crystal, for some reason, is being interviewed by something called Inside Las Vegas. It's like an after party celebrating what seems to be her first show. Show, but we later find out she's been doing this for eight years yeah so i don't understand someone asks one of the reporters asks what about broadway and she ignores it there's yeah. an old man presenting and congratulating her some it's reporter the asks, casino right yeah someone some reporter asks miss connors how old are you yeah i like <laughs> that I was so <laughs> and then we're introduced to uh kyle mclaughlin's character zach carey he's the entertainment director of the stardust hotel those bangs, baby. The owner of the yes, very yeah. 1994. Yeah, you know he looks like there's an episode of American Dad where uh, Stan has reason to believe that Haley may not be his daughter. So they have to trap, but she has a kidney failure. So they have to travel back in time to get the, the dude's kidney, who ultimately may be the father. And it's, it was a one night stand that Francine had the day before they got married. But it's a dude at the bar. <laughs> It's a dude at the bar, and he says he walks up to Francine. He's got the same hairstyle as your boy Zach, and he says, "Like, hold on, let me wipe off, let me wipe off the seat for you." And he wipes his own face, and he goes, "Ah, <laughs> <laughs> ah it's such a fucking funny." <laughs> like, hold on, let me wipe off that seat for you. <laughs> he wipes his face. Ah. He's such a dick. Oh, man. Hey, by the way, the uh, old man who we assume to be the owner of the Stardust, when he's being interviewed about Crystal Connors, he says, she's dazzling, she's exciting, and she's very, very sexy. And that's when I wrote problematic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, all right. Molly introduces Crystal and Nomi. We find out that Nomi dances at the Cheetah. Mm-hmm. And Crystal says uh, she doesn't know what she's good at, but if it's at the Cheetah, it's not dancing. To which Nomi says that you don't know shit, and she storms out of there. She storms out of a lot of places. Temper temper is what I yeah. wrote. Yeah. Temper temper, right. Zach, I mean, I, I think Nomi might be hot-blooded. <laughs> They got nice. a song about that. Molly runs after her. Nomi is really overreacting here, I wrote. Uh, she's too upset to go to work. Molly decides to take her to a club. We should say right now, Molly is so unbelievably nice to Nomi. Yes. Crazy nice. For yes. no reason. For no it's, reason. It's completely out of control. She gives her a place to live. She drives her around everywhere. She's yeah. always helping her out. She's always trying to calm reminding, her down. Reminding her she got to go to work. Right? With, like, hey, your boss gonna fire you. Remember he said he's da-da-da? Like, like, she's constantly a positive influence. And, you know, it's somewhat palatable until you remember what you guys mentioned in the opening scene, which is the way they met was she was beating on her car right? and then took a swing at her. <laughs> oh, she's no, Molly, Molly's a victim. Oh, foreshadowing. I mean, well, yeah, um so i wrote she's the least stable person i've ever seen in any movie but then i wrote but she's dancing her ass off in this club i thought that dancing was terrible like like it like an inflatable arm flailing two men so they go to the club right and and i said wow vegas clubs because if i don't know this is the weird thing i don't know if that's what vegas clubs look like in the 90s or they just didn't know what a vegas club looked like and so there's ah, it's just a club well i mean it should be noted that only the scene where she played the slots and the scene where they go to buy an outfit are the only scenes shot in Vegas. Mm, makes sense. Uh, that's when we're introduced to James Smith, who's played by Glenn Plummer. Oh. Uh, one more thing. I put in, she's dancing like a moron. Yeah, she, I mean, she dances <laughs> yeah. like a real Like fuckhead. an absolute <laughs> yeah. moron. Yeah, like a real fuckhead. James goes over to dance with her while she, uh, while he's working at the club. He's a bouncer. They dance together, but he says that she's not any good. Well, uh, before oh, that no, happens, no, no, no. First, he James, says she's good. James, James, and his coworker see her. James is like, damn, and the, his coworker is like, oh, she can dance. And James laughs and says, ha ha ha. She thinks she can. And I was like, yeah, finally, wow. I was a. I was like, what a very self-aware piece of writing by a white guy. Like, right. that the black guy would look at this woman who's clearly dancing like a moron and say, she can't fucking dance. Like, this is terrible, right? So he says, I'm going to go dance with her. And his co-worker says, yeah, we're on the clock. He says, I don't care. Right. He goes over. No one cares about job security in this movie. No, no, they really don't. And, and maybe- he's, he starts dancing with her. And I say, holy shit, he can't dance either. Well, this is what the note I wrote. He dances like I do when I'm drunk. <laughs> Is that how you dance? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's not far from it, I mean. <laughs> That's I mean, somewhere. Completely, not, completely honest here. And then I wrote the 90s were different. Um, <laughs> he says that she's not dancing, but she's teasing his dick and that he can teach her to dance. She knees him in the dick. Uh, he bumps into a guy. The guy punches him. I wrote, she loves that she started a big, a big brawl and she walks right through it. Then uh, she gets thrown into jail. Or another white person coming out of nowhere to swing on a black person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the that way, I believed. rewatch this fight scene and just look at the people fighting in the back. It's fucking hilarious. 
I laughed so hard. I kept rewinding and laughing because I'd pick up on new things that were happening in the background. She gets bailed out. We find out that James bailed her out and that he got fired. Um, as as Molly is pulling up to uh, how Molly knew when she was getting like Molly's just sitting outside that jail for how long? She's a good friend. Yes. The best um, friend in the world, man. He says that uh, all he wants is to get a cup of coffee with her. She gets a quarter from Molly, flips it to him, and says to buy himself one. And I wrote, that's one-sixth of a huge strawberry shortcake. <laughs> also, throughout that whole scene where he's trying to, like, yo, can I at least talk to you? Can I do this? Can I do that? He keeps mentioning the pain in his dick. Yes. You're a pain in my ass and a pain in my dick. <laughs> and, like, he keeps... <laughs> Like, I'm not talking about once or two. I'm like, maybe three no, or four times. No, it's easily three or four times. Like, the pain in his dick. Like, he has to let her know that she's a pain. Not only, like, in the head, in the yeah. neck, in the back, in the dick also. And then I wrote, where did she get a ring pop? Yeah, ring pop. Oh, man, ring pop. 90s. Product yeah. placement. Love it. Uh, at the strip club, we meet Al yes. Torres, uh, who intros all the dancers to this new girl, Penny. And that's when I made the connection. Oh, my God. That must be Penny from Showgirls 2, Penny's from Heaven. Wow, that's who the spinoff was about. Yes. Wow, I, I like it. Now I want to watch it. Uh, sure, maybe maybe future episode. Uh, Al Torres is telling Penny the tricks of lap dance, what's allowed, that she can touch them, they can't touch her. Then he says... If she wants to last more than a week, she's got to give him a blowjob. Give me a blowjob, yeah. yeah he says, and he says, first I get you used to the money, then I make you swallow. And I said, this feels like a villain giving away his evil plan to James Bond. But also, this is clearly not James Bond. This woman, <laughs> Penny's, Penny's the biggest fucking moron ever. Yeah, she's a um, real rude. One of these strippers is a rather rotund woman yes. who has like a gimmick where she pulls those lever and her top comes down. And her tits come out, yeah. and it makes a sound effect. And yeah. I said, how does that sound effect happen? So then I was thinking to myself, you know, because you go to a strip club, there's always like this one not your traditional version of attractive in the club because guess what? There's someone for everybody, right? right? So I thought maybe she's just one of those. But then I realized, no, her bit is to go out do this on stage and do like kind of like a – uh, like a 1940s, 1950s, just punchline comic. Yeah, it's just yeah. like kind of like Don Rickles, right? Yeah, take my wife, please. Oh, right. like and, and she shows her tits, and the sound effect happens. And then I put in the, my notes because this is in the first movie I've seen. This have you ever been to a comedy show at a strip club? Either of you two? Uh, no. But I've never. I've I've only been to a strip club a couple of times. Like I'm not a strip club guy. You've you've only been to a strip club a couple of times in your life. I would say no more than five. Really? Yeah. Oh man. So okay. What about you, Maze? Well, I've been to a burlesque show. I went and saw Dita Von Teese, and she had a a warm up comedian. All right, but the, like Tina's is clearly not a burlesque show. That's, no, 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 that's a strip club, strip like champagne room, everything. All right, so sidebar. Uh, I lived in Atlanta uh, when I was originally going to college before I transferred. And part of living in Atlanta is like, it's just part of the culture. You go to strip clubs, right? Um, and it didn't help that I was uh, neighbors in my uh, dorm apartment building with like guys from the, the football team. And so like, all we ever did was just go to the strip clubs and we went to the strip clubs so many. And it's like, if you've ever listened to any Atlanta song from like the mid nineties to the like mid two thousands, every single one of those clubs they name, like, I, I think it's a, 
uh, Whistle While You Twerk was the one yeah, where, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I remember when they named it. At first, like, ah, oh, I've been there. I've been there. And I was like, shit, I've been there, too. Like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I've been to all these places. And not, like, once or twice, like, plenty of times. It was, like, different days of the week. Like, oh, we're going to Nikki's tonight. No, we're going to Gentleman's Club, whatever. And so there was a point where we had gone to strip clubs so often that it was literally like shit would happen. Like, yo, man, are you hungry? Yeah, man, I'm really in the mood for wings. Want to go to Magic City? And we literally would go to Magic City for the wings because the, the wings were phenomenal. They had, they had one of the best kitchens. The food, that the, the fries were super seasoned. And the strippers started knowing who we were and like saying hi when we came in. And it wasn't even like, I'm not even saying this on stuff. Yeah, we were banging on. It wasn't even that. It was just like, ah, hey, what's going on, Chris? You were just very familiar faces. <laughs> because we were just there all the time. But we were there literally just to eat and like, well, like maybe throw like $5 in singles. <laughs> Some bitches. And, and, and if you're like, if it, man, you know what? I think I'm going to lap dance, right? Because like the middays of the week at Magic City were cheaper than like weekends. Or we never go on a weekend. That was just preposterous, right? So then – uh, one of my many like early jobs, I worked for a record label, right? And my job was back in the day. Sorry, so younger listeners, you you won't know this, but back in the day, if you had a new song, you couldn't like the DJs couldn't just download it. The label had to get the physically get the the vinyl at this time because DJs were still DJing to the DJs, right? And so I, my job was I did this. I was the vinyl delivery. So I had a backpack and a bunch of vinyl in my backpack, and I would literally go to all these clubs. And in Atlanta, and you'd be surprised. I guess you wouldn't be surprised when you listen to the content of many of these songs that become hits. But many of the hits that you know and love start as strip club anthems. Yeah, yeah. They start because someone hands them to the strip club DJ. He gives it a play. The girls say they like it. They like dancing to it, and so they play it a lot. And then people were going to strip clubs like, "What is this? Oh, it's the new this and that." And then that's how they fucking blow up and become mainstream uh, hits, right? And so my job was to deliver these vinyl to the to the strip club DJ. So there was a point in, in my uh, young career. This is before I worked in sports. This is how far back this was. This is when I, I bandied about the idea of working in the music industry. Seven nights a week, I was going to strip club. Seven nights a week? Seven nights a week. Deliver the record, have a drink, whatever, and then, all right, guys, got to go to the next place. And then just keep doing that. That's a lot of of jacking off, I mean. There was some regular clubs, too, uh, mixed in there, but a lot of them were strip clubs. A lot of them were strip clubs. Huh. Seven nights a week. I've never seen a comedian. But then I also know that I wasn't going to white strip clubs. That's the other Right. Well, I I mean, I don't know. Look, I've I've only been a few times, but I've definitely never saw comedy there. I've been to a couple white strip clubs, mostly in in Phoenix. And got to say, it's it's like, it's very disappointing. It's disappointing. (laughs) I'm telling you, you know what it is? First of all, in black strip clubs, when, you know, now calling champagne to the stage, champagne. When champagne comes up there, she's doing three to five songs. Yeah. She's picked her music, and they're going to play these songs, right? In the white strip clubs in Phoenix, the girls do one song, and they're off. I'm like, well, what was the point of that? And the DJ doesn't have any feel for flow or anything. It's just like, pour some sugar on me. Yeah, and it's then always. All of a sudden, 
And then all of a sudden it's like, get low, get low, get low. And then it's like, I tie my boots one at a time, gotta go now. I'm like, this, how is anyone supposed to be in any sort of rhythm to any of this? But yes, uh, I've been to a lot of strip clubs, sorry. <laughs> all right. Strip club snob, Amino Hassan. Not anymore, though. I don't like it anymore. Crystal shows up with Zach to the cheetah. They're coked out of their minds. There's a big stripper doing a doing comedy, like you mentioned. Mama. Mama, yeah. right. Mama's got the line, you know what they call that useless piece of skin around a twat? A woman. Oh, ew. Yeah. I, was, I, I mean, I laughed, but... but <laughs> Mama got as many laughs out of, out of a mean as the entirety of Hot Rod. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but also, Nomi's not only dancing terribly, she's making these noises. Yeah. And all I said is like, I mean, I know the people who made this movie have been in a strip club. No one, no stripper makes noises. It's just right. not, that's yeah. not sexy at all. And, rawr, the, rawr. <laughs> and then Hope is dancing. Oh, Penny, Hope. Penny, yeah. Yeah. And, I'm, and I wrote, this is not, like, for someone who had to be explained the concept of a strip club. She picked it like, up fast. She picked it up fast as fuck. She out there fucking getting it on people. Yeah. Like, I've seen strippers who are in their first week, man. They're a lot shyer than that. We get the infamous stripper pole lick by Nomi, uh, which reminded me of that Simpsons subway scene with Bart. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to disturb your pleasant ride, but unlike yourselves, I was born without taste buds. Let me demonstrate. I'm in over my head here. Thank you for your time. Japanese businessman uh, sees Penny completely nude and says, in America, everybody's a guy. Gynecologists, they all laugh. Yes, that was a good joke. That was a like, good, that's a pretty good if, line. If I, if I was out to a business like dinner with, with a client and he drops that line, I don't know about you guys. I'm laughing heartily. <laughs> I got it. Whoa, Mr. Fujikawa. Like, oh, because her vagina's out. That's why yeah. I get it. By the way, uh, my man from the Goonies, he's wearing this leopard print vest. Oh, my God. Oh and my I God. said, where can you find that leopard print vest? Next year is the 25th anniversary of Showgirls, and I want to rock that for Halloween. That's a real deep cut. I know. That's a real deep cut. Uh, Crystal. Also, also oh, some, dude, some dude says to a girl, can I suck your tits? There's a lot of like questions that happen in this movie that I'm like, I don't think anyone ever does that. Right. No one, no one ever says, "Can I suck your tits?" And then she says to him, "It's touch and go. You can, I, I can touch you, but you can't touch me." And he says, "I know you can touch me." <laughs> and then she walks away. <laughs> <laughs> She's so offended by that, but yeah. it's just. Like, uh, you're a fucking stripper. Crystal kisses at Nomi while she's on stage. She storms off the stage, always storming out of places, flailing wildly. Hot-blooded! James <laughs> has showed up while Nomi makes the rounds for lap dances. Crystal wants a three-way private dance. Apparently, their rules don't allow that. It's just one at a time and no women, apparently. That was just Nomi making shit up because she didn't yeah. want to do it because she already hates exactly. Crystal. Crystal because offers $100. Once, once they get to the champagne room, you see like, oh, no, this rule is completely yeah, no, made yeah right offers a hundred dollars no way two hundred dollars and crystal just watch no five hundred dollars uh al torres jumps in and says done and i wrote that's 333 and a third huge strawberry shortcakes 
I love how he just appeared out of nowhere to close the deal. He did. He just appeared. Like, he was like a fucking ghost. Like, just appeared. 500 sold. And I wrote the note, AC Slater must be going crazy in this scene. Oh. James walks up to the lap dance room and is just watching. And I said, this doesn't feel like it would be possible. No. But again, I haven't been to a whole lot of strip clubs. And I'm, I'm, Absolutely I'm not. He's a bouncer, Zach. So he knows the way of the That's bouncer. A, might be. But also, he's standing creepily right by the beaded curtain right yeah he's just yeah just watching and i wrote plot hole never mind the bouncer just kicked him out of that area but only after he watched right only after he watched nomi rides zach until he comes crystal pacer and she walks out that's all you got for that scene man what do you want like she is grinding wildly she's going insane what is this move that she does dude i yeah i said is this how white people fuck (laughs) because all i can think of all I could think of was Heartbreak Kid. I was thinking the same thing. All I was <laughs> thinking was Cockney. Fuck, fuck, fuck me like a black guy, Eddie. <laughs> like, clearly she's been fucking too many white dudes with this weird writhing action. <laughs> Her signature is that helicopter shit, though. Yes. Oh, she loves that helicopter shit. That'll come back. <laughs> James, nut, is, James is a stalker because hold he on, oh, this ahead, dude, yeah. this dude Zach works in Las Vegas. He works around showgirls. He's banging That's Gina Gershon. He's banging broads left and right. A good shit, dude. There's no way he could <laughs> keep whispering it in the background. <laughs> well, just because he does it doesn't mean he's good at it. No, but like no, but like the, at some point you get a a desensitivity where you cannot come from someone just grinding yeah, on top of you. He's coked out of his mind. That makes it even yeah, harder. I know. That's what I know. I'm starting to do the math on this one. It does seem maybe he's that bad. I don't know. Maybe she's that amazing. Although yeah. every what, what if that actually feels amazing? Because it looks terrible. What if it actually? <laughs> well, yeah. Because all I'm picturing is like it rubbing against like the material of like like a seam in your underwear yes. or a seam in the pants, and that's got a teeth. Yeah, like a, like a rope burn, right? Yeah. yeah. Because, like, like half the – all right, guys, we're going to get graphic here. We probably put another disclaimer at the beginning of this thing <laughs> that this is a very graphic episode. But, like, 80% of what makes sex feel good is the lubrication, the natural lubrication, right. right? Yeah. Like, so if you remove that and just keep all the wild mo- mush- motions well, that, and movements – That's what makes the pool scene insane. <laughs> insane. I do like that Amin finally drew a line, though, Maze, in which so he could say the words natural lubrication. <laughs> That's where he drew the line. That's where he finally, like, well, maybe we need a disclaimer, guys. I'm about to say natural lubrication. <laughs> I like the wetness. <laughs> <laughs> Quick note, though, the strippers were talking about smoking Thai weed. Oh, that's right, yeah. My note is 1995 was rough. <laughs> it was. It was a rough time for Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so James has found Molly's trailer, and he tells he's a stalker. Talks to uh, Nomi and says, "You've got more natural talent when you dance than anybody I've ever seen." Ha ha! This is the most quotatious scene ever. Oh, wait a minute. Listen. Just listen. You got more natural talent when you dance than anybody I've ever seen. Look, I've seen a lot of dancers. I studied in New York, Alvin Ailey. You burn when you dance. You said I couldn't. Oh, you gotta hold some of it in. You got some shit to learn, dancing ain't fucking. What's that, more wisdom? I know that. No, you don't. You danced like when you fucked that guy last night. 
What guy? That guy with the chick. You took him in the back. I didn't fuck him. Yeah, you did. You fucked him and her. Are you following me around? I didn't fuck anybody. I, was I saw you. Man, everybody got AIDS and shit. You know, what is it that you think you do? You fuck them without fucking them. That's what you do. Well, it ain't right. You got too much talent for it to be right. Get out of here! Bitch, I'm telling you the truth. You want me to go? I'm out of here. <laughs> I've seen a lot of dancers. I studied in New York. And I wrote, what? <laughs> is Big Waz in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, he is, apparently. <laughs> for some reason, he drops in, everybody's got AIDS now. Yes. Yeah. Where did that no, come wait, wait, from? No, wait, wait, hold on. He said, because he accused her of fucking him. Oh, he's, I'm fucking he's the like, guy. He's, oh, like, that's that why guy. he's saying that. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I didn't fuck him. What are you talking about? Yeah, yes, you did. I saw you. I saw you fuck him. And I was just like, this is very aggressive from a very, and very stalkerish, might I add. And so James is everywhere in, in Las Vegas. Oh, he's super stalking. And then he continues to tell her about like, yeah, like, uh, you know, he needs to be at the unemployment line. No, he doesn't. Cause as we see, he gets another job fairly quickly. Uh, that's uh, true, yeah. I think he already had that job, but still, yes. And I just wrote, <laughs> I wrote, I don't understand where this is going. You fucking him without fucking him. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, everybody has AIDS. Now. Like, yeah. oh, Bitch, I'm telling you the truth. Also, Yo, got- 95, we were kind of over the AIDS scare a little bit, right? Like, it was still scary, but it wasn't like 91, 92, where you're like, everyone has AIDS. <laughs> like, even Philadelphia was like 1993. Like, no yeah. one, it wasn't like that. Not in Las Vegas, Zach. Not in Las Vegas. We find out that Molly's in school, which really doesn't, it's just to show, like, she's trying to better herself or something. Like, if, if you were, if you had doubts about how much of a saint this woman was. Yeah. Like, there's a kid, let's just make her a little yeah, bit more saint. Yeah, she has four more classes. She got an A. She has four more classes until they have to give her her degree, and she hasn't been late in six months. They're going shopping. Nomi wants to buy a dress, even though Molly offers to make it for her. Her friend right. is a costume designer. To be fair, she was like, let's go to the fabric store. Fabric store is boring as fuck, guys. I like any kind of craft store. Yeah. I'm at. I'm like, I would I, like, no, I would I'll just spend the money. I would overpay for a Versace dress as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then we find out that Molly is super excited about some guy named Andrew Carver coming to Vegas soon. Um, it took me a while to figure out that that was a made-up person. Oh, you thought it was a real dude? Yeah, I was like Andrew Carver, Andrew Carver, Andrew Carver, like because he kind of looks like Michael Bolton. But I was like, well, yeah. Well, at first, like, I, at first, I thought Andrew WK was known back then. Why is he called Andrew Carver? Yeah, that's that. That's someone else that I thought about. Yeah. So the guy, one of the guys from the Stardust, is at the strip club wearing sunglasses with a with a shirt tucked in, says <laughs> to try out for the for the chorus line. And then we get more like one-liners from the heavy stripper, to which I wrote, is the heavy stripper basically the talking DNA from Jurassic Park? That's the vibe I'm getting, and I don't know why. But it just felt like kind of a narrator fourth wall thing that was just there just to like kind of lighten the mood for some reason. I mean, yeah. I mean, like at some point, the writers actually have to write something. Sex scenes and shit like that. Like Her dialogue was very well written, I might say. Also, I I don't know if she was like, on her side or not like there's there are times where she's like backing her up and there are times where she's like kind of a goonie yeah she's kind of she's kind of like the voice of reason right sometimes she's the voice of reason sometimes she's like backing up the fratelli 
right? Like, she right, yeah. Like uh, about like uh, the whole, uh, hey, you'll be back. They all come back, or some shit like that. Or which I guess is coming up in the next. Yeah. The next so week. now, now we're at the try the tryout. Some guy named Tony Moss is cutting women left and right for Tony Moss. Tony Moss. By the Tony- way, I wor- I worked with a guy at CBS named Tony Moss. Different people. Tony Moss has some absolute gems. Okay, ladies. I'm Tony Moss. I produce this show. Some of you probably heard that I'm a prick. I am a prick. I got one interest here, and that's the show. I don't care whether you live or die. I want to see you dance, and I want to see you smile. I can't use you if you can't smile. I can't use you if you can't show. I can't use you if you can't sell. Let me take a look at you. Spread out. Spread out. Jesus Christ, Marty. Take a look at these tits. What are these, watermelons? This is a stage, babe, it's not a patch. See ya. I've seen you before. Yes, Mr. Moss, I auditioned for you in January. You told me to get my nose fixed. Nose looks good. Thank you, Mr. Moss. Nice smile, too. Thank you, Mr. Moss. You know what, though? Your ears are sticking out. They are. Come back and see me when you get them fixed. See ya. Can you spell MGM backwards? I bet you can't. MGM. I'm impressed. Come back when you fuck some of this baby fat off. See ya. I hope you got some nice wigs, tennis ball. I do. What kind of classes have you had? Ice skating classes, Mr. Moss. Ballet classes, technique classes, stretch classes, jazz classes, jazz technique classes. This show is called Goddess. It ain't called classes. See ya. What kind of classes have you had? I haven't had classes. Then what are you doing here? I'm watching you be a prick. Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Gay, run him through the routine. Whoever's left after these initial cuts, he then he's ready to see them do the routine, right, before he makes more cuts. So he says, Gay, take them. And I swear <laughs> to God, I was like, oh, my God. It's his assistant, who is the dude from Kirby Enthusiasm, who Larry calls a cunt. Is he actually gay? Is his name gay? <laughs> like, that might be the most on-the-money, like, naming ever. Turns out he's not. No. The, 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 the show choreographer, who's a woman, is named Gay, which I thought to myself, think about how in the writer's room someone said, why don't we just call her Gail? Like, no. No. She's got to be gay because people are going to want to know if the gay dude is named Gay, and then they're going to love it when they find out that he's not. So then we get to a point where it's just the three of them left. Nomi is there. Crystal's watching the tryout. She makes it to the final two, but uh, Tony Moss is pissed that her nipples aren't erect. Tells her to put some ice on them. Wait. She hits the ice out of his hand. She got a temper, you guys. He doesn't just <laughs> he doesn't just tell her her nipples aren't erect. He says he stops everything. He walks up to her and he says, "Why aren't your nipples erect?" She says, "What?" And he says, "I'm erect. Why aren't you erect?" Tony Moss, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, I'm not even sure that he's heterosexual. That's and, my favorite part about all this. And you asked if this movie could be made today. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I can't decide who stole the movie, Tony Moss or James. <laughs> oh, whoever, whoever stole it can keep it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so she hits the ice out of his hand, storms off. Crystal tracks her down. We find out that Crystal got her the audition. James gets fired over talking to her he's like a he's a valet or something oh, he's a, right? yeah. or he's a 
Concierge. He's bellhop. He's the bellhop. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he just starts talking to the guys like, hey, get back to work. He's like, you can have the jacket and like walks away, right? Yeah, like um, a real boss. And then I wrote the I wrote, he does a lot of grabbing women by the arm and forcing yeah. them to walk with him. Yeah. He's very aggressive. Very aggressive. But it's okay. Zach, she likes him now. Yeah, I yes, guess. Um, yeah. I wrote, holy shit, this is the worst green screen driving I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. When they're driving down the, the alley. A lot of the driving was really bad. Yeah. Um, they go to his place so he can show her a dance he wrote about her. And then I mm-hmm. wrote, I wrote, do you write dances? You wrote this num- I wrote this number for you. But wouldn't the number? You just do it. Yeah, I don't know. Also, she already knows it. When they start doing it. Right. She starts mimicking it like two steps in. She's gifted, man. He told her. I I did write, I guess that's the natural talent. Yeah. Very Star Wars-esque, right? Like the idea, like you just have the force. You're very. Right. Look, you know what? Force Awakens, you ripped off Showgirls. That's what Ray is. A lot of raw talent. Star Girls. She starts giving him a lap dance. I wrote, he wrote this. They start making out. He goes to finger her. She says she's on her period. He says, yeah, right. She says to check. Go ahead and check. And then he checks. He checks. that, ladies and gentlemen, that, ladies and gentlemen, that right there is a determined man right there. When a woman says, I'm on my period, and you're like, yeah, right. And she says, go ahead and check. Like the idea that you're like, I am so incredulous. Well, here's my question. What if she wasn't on her period? (laughs) What if he pulled his fingers back and found it was like all clear? What, what then? Literally. Are you going to force the fuck out of her? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, if she's telling you, you know what? At that point, y'all not having sex, whether she wants it or not. Y'all not having sex. I wrote, I wrote, uh, all right, so you know how we've talked about this before with, like, I bet that costume is why they made this entire movie, or I bet that dialogue. I wrote, yeah. Amin, I believe this moment is what the entire movie was written around. It's just that moment. And then, and, and, then, and then I wrote, I think we owe Skip Woods an apology. <laughs> um, he says he's got towels. And yes! The, and she the says, undeterred. yeah, he's still like, yeah, no, he's like, no, we fucking, like... It's going to happen. She says he can fuck her when he loves her. Um, And then I wrote, he still hasn't washed his hands. Uh, He says she's hiding from herself. Then I wrote, he now has to wash his hands and the doorway he just put them on. Yeah. Also, Um, she talks with her hands a lot. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she's always flailing. Yeah. Uh, she quits the cheetah. Al says she can't come back and then yells, I'm not, not even if you give me a, blo- yeah, blo- a fucking blowjob. Oh, yeah, who talks like that? Yeah, and I wrote, Amin, is this his only goal in life? I, I'm just, yeah, he talks about blowjobs like someone who's oh, never got one. Right, like exactly. Someone who's never got one. <laughs> yeah, like the 40-year-old virgin, like talking about a bag yeah. of sand, right? Like, <laughs> uh, like, I was like, well, like, why wouldn't the line be, I'm not hiring, like, not even you suck my dick, bitch. Like, that sounds more natural and more forceful. Not even if you give me a fucking blowjob like that. By the way, for him to say that indicates that this is the highest, like, form of yeah. repayment ever. Right. Like, she could ever, I will not, I'm not hell or high water, not even if I, not, not even if I get a blowjob. <laughs> no, so she's quit. She's now part of the show. She goes back to James' place. She got the show of the goddess. He's mad that she won't do the number he wrote instead. But also, Penny's there. James! Like, it was was so odd. First of all, she bangs on his door like the police. Yeah. Which, after a while, like, after a couple of knocks, I mean, don't you just assume he's not home? Right. 
But she's like persistent. And so he opens the door. And the way you open it, and he was half naked and he kind of like closed the door. Yeah, he's got like, a okay. towel. Uh, he's got a he's got a bitch in there. Like I knew it. Yeah. I won't lie. Penny being the bitch, didn't see that one coming. Shocked but, you? Yeah, I was shocked. But the way she says James, and like like obviously uh, Elizabeth Berkeley gets really upset. Nomi gets really upset. Storms off. But and- didn't have a right. She's the one that denied him. I don't get why she was so upset. How does James have enough time to fully stock multiple strippers all over Las Vegas? He doesn't have a fucking job. Yeah, yeah well, he's got all day. <laughs> um, but my, 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 my favorite part is he goes back in there and Penny says, who's that? And he says, nobody. And, and, uh, so, and then he starts. And then just starts feeling her up. Feeling her up and telling her that he wrote the number for her. Yeah. And like he runs the same exact game. And well, he's I got wrote, a routine. And that's when I wrote get it james and that's when everything about james say up until that point i was like who is this creepy ass stalker motherfucker now i understand now the method to the madness out of your mind he's out here fucking these broads <laughs> left and right he's picking he's picking vegas strippers up telling them he wrote a number for them fucking them and then kicking them out which by the way a little contradictory if he is if this racket is as good as it seems like at this point then why the fuck do you have to finger check Goddamn! <laughs> because he will uh, no, not. Because he will not be denied. And and then and then ask the fuck on towels. Like right. Yeah. Well, no, he does explain that later. There is a line later that explains it. Um, yeah, so she, there is. Yeah, I, yeah. I have, we'll get to that. Oh, I, have, I have it. Uh, now we get to she's <laughs> reporting for duty. By the way, that, that that line is part of what I wrote. One of the greatest apologies ever, and <laughs> increased so my respect for him sevenfold. Like here's this was the tipping point of like what a disgusting character to like. I get it now. Like, uh, like you tip your cap to the egg. Well, you got you, you know you're working, buddy. This is right when her life is about to change. But we're we've been on an hour right now. So is this the part where we want to say or the thrilling conclu- conclusion, or how do we want to do this? Or does it just give me? I mean, it has, this has to be a, this has to be a two part episode, right? We have so much of this we movie, have so, and much. so much trivia. Like she, to hasn't, go. she hasn't even started dancing yet. Like, no, like, no. So that's what I'm got- saying. So is this where do we? None of this obviously is in the in the show. This no, keep it all in. Yeah, we'll cut it here, and make sure you download part two. Of yes. Cinephobes' uh, presentation of Showgirls. This, this, by the way, I'm. It's going to be very hard for me to imagine <laughs> at a future uh, live, whatever our next live show is. It has to be. This is the one, right? <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. This is the one, the one we're doing. <laughs> like you, oh my god! You, you guys saw Swordfish. You saw Next. You, oh, we get what Cinephobes. No, no, no. This, this is Cinephobes. <laughs> Matter of fact, gonna have to hit up Jade. And we're going to have to change the Cinephobe logo to be this showgirls kind of silhouette thing where you see the le- leg all the way up. But at the top, instead of her face, we're going to put James's face. <laughs> <laughs> so download part two. How about that? <laughs>